Howdy do! Welcome aboard. Happy Monday, everybody. It is heading back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reschall, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we do our very best to help you in your journey as you attempt to head back to the window. Hang on a second. I'm going to quickly try out something on live broadcast here. Let me see if I can do this. There we go. Switch the sides. Now you're back on the correct side. Are you? Is there a correct side? I was on the left. I'm, I'm usually on the right. So I found out how to switch that mid-broadcast. Okay. I was, test, I was trying to flex my technology knowledge. You feel good now? I feel great. Okay. Feels great. How's okay. it going with you? Uh, it's fine, buddy. Man, what a... Uh... What a historic weekend. Unbelievable day yesterday, of course. I know the college basketball was nuts. I'm talking about Ioka Lee putting up 61 points on 13th-ranked Oklahoma for K-State, breaking the all-time women's college basketball scoring record. Unbelievable. What a what a day. It was it was clearly it, the most exciting thing that happened the entire Absolutely. Week. For for fans here in Kansas City, that K-State women's basketball game, nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> apparently there was some football as well but who cares apparently there was hey it's good to be here it's good to have you guys in the house do a little roll call here as we get going uh here is a dgen after my own heart rolling checking in and half an hour before game time wanting to know about alabama a&m and prairie view a&m you were right Scott. it is prairie view a&m as well florida old miss man that's if you're if you're checking in 30 minutes early to get our opinion on a SWAT game, God bless you. You are just our kind of person right there. James S. in the house, Ryan Page in the house. Uh, Want to get our tech on uh, Texas Tech and Kansas Browns backers here. Uh, had mentioned on the show Friday overtime in the Kansas City game. Wish I had a bet on it. Yeah, the hell. I saw that draw at halftime and draw full game. The double combo. Under to one. Eight out of ninety-five to one. Ninety-five to one. Yeah. Yeah. J.C. Stone said, I had uh, uh, Navy money lines. My only loss on a nine-game parlay, Navy up 27, losing overtime. Jesus. I, I was actually going to say that was probably the worst beat of the weekend. We kept it relatively, no, not even relatively. We just kept it NFL-based because that's yeah. what we always do when there's big you know, NFL cards and everything like that. The Navy game was crazy, especially against Army. You blow mm -hmm. a 27-point lead to your rival. That sucks. Not good, Bob. Not good at all. Oh, man. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Scott, how'd your betting weekend go? I know you finished it up down there in Miami. What did you, how'd you end up doing? I don't think I won a single play while I was in Miami, but on the bright side, the NFL was actually pretty good for the show we did with Chris King. I went six and two. Okay. So I had a pretty good week in the NFL. Good. Had made some money on yesterday's card. Overall, ended up fine, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, my Miami plays of the day were really not that great it was almost like you were focused on going out and clubbing and doing fun stuff and laying on the oh no you didn't none of those things do i look a little bit more tan because i shouldn't no you don't not, okay. at all. not at all yeah um yeah i had a terrible saturday and uh ended up having a decent sunday certainly uh certainly took a while though i had the uh, as far as my premium goes i had the tampa bay team total over 25 and a half and we may even talk about that here in a minute and I had the Chiefs minus one and a half. So <laughs> a couple of no sweat victories there. Two games, I'm going to be completely honest, Scott. I gave up on both of them. I stopped. I pretty much quit on both of those games. I went to watch 
the uh, my, my wife got home from work and she goes, now hey, you want to go see the flyover? And I'm like, yeah, this game's over. It was like five minutes left. L.A. had the ball and uh, Tampa Bay had 13 points. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> so I lobbed at the game. I landed at JFK and as we just landed, the second we landed, I pulled out my phone, went on to one of the legal sports books here and placed a live parlay. Brady, 300 plus passing yards. Mike Evan, 100 plus receiving yards that paid out at about plus 240. And then garbage. I can't even call it garbage time happened, but I got that 55 yard touchdown bomb to Evans and I won both. So that was a nice way to come back to New York. Very good. Hey, uh, you know what? Let's let's talk let's talk about the two games that Roland wanted to talk about there before we get rolling. <laughs> no pun intended. Sorry, Roland. Um, Alabama A and M preview A and M four and twelve teams squaring off against the three and twelve team. Both these teams six and nine against the number. Preview at home minus the six points. Uh, um, Scott, you want to get involved well, in this game? Well, blindly people would take the points because you don't want to lay six with a three and 14 team. And I understand that, but Alabama A&M on the road is awful. They are two and 11 on the road. They are four, eight and one ATS on the road. Prayer review, despite playing 17 games has only played three home games, which is insane to me. I'm not sure how that happens, but I'm going to take the home team because I know for a fact, uh, Alabama A&M is awful on the road. I don't know what to think of Prairie Review because they barely played any home games. So I'm going to go ahead and lean to the favorite here. I'm not betting it, but that's where I'd go. I, I'm going to take the points, and I'm co- I'm coming back to a game here. Prairie View A&M lost outright at home to Mississippi Valley State as a 17-point chalk. Just on general principles, just for that reason. I'm that's not, fair. I'm, I'm not playing them. Uh, and what was the other one? Florida. The Florida and game. And Ole Miss. Yeah, there you go. Ole Miss team that lost to Missouri at home by about thirty. So, mm-hmm. is that is that rule general rule you're taking Florida? Yeah, pretty much. I would. Uh, I want to. I want to look at injuries here. Uh, you have it up in front of you yet? Uh, let me see if I can. I didn't cheat. I thought I could. I thought I could roll right to it without putting it in. Um, I know Ole Miss was missing one of their best players recently, but I'm not sure if he came back or not. Give me a uh, I can tell you, uh, Joiner is out. Joiner's one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's out four to six weeks in Florida. Uh, Castleton is questionable for this one, and that's huge. It's a big deal. That's huge as well. So yeah, I'm taking the points. I think I would probably have to take the points there as well. I'd I probably want to get information on Castleton. I think this is already built in, getting four points. But in spite of that dreadful performance against a horrible Missouri team, Ole Miss is still a pretty good home team. So Florida, we know, is a team that is a bit streaky at times. Castleton, they need to have. He's one of, if not their best player. But, I mean, Florida's one and two on the road, both ATS and straight up. I don't know if I fully trust them in this spot. Money has come in on Mississippi. So it has gone from around six to four, which makes me believe that Castleton might play. be leaning out, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Yep. That's exactly and what it I don't like. mind to play an Ole Miss money line because Castleton does so much for that team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I would expect Florida to look a little bit out of sorts. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a, I think this is a buy low spot for Miss for Ole Miss. Uh, I agree. It, it, it all comes down to Castleton. If Castleton plays, I'm going to take the points, especially if I can get it at four. But it's I mean you're like, going to lay the points. Well, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm going to give away yeah, okay. the points. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's get to it. We'll t- we'll talk about some other games, of course, as we always do. But we've got a lot to cover today, as you guys might guess. 
So let's uh, let's talk about Brad Crawford checking in. What's up, Brad? Uh, thank God the Chiefs had those timeouts at the end of the game. No chance winning that. Yeah, no timeout. Yeah, slipping none. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Scott Nowak is in the house. What up, Scott? Hit the Bengals plus four, Rams on the money line, and the Chiefs. Very good. That's a nice, solid day indeed. Scott, you weren't sweating out the last game. You were sweating out the last two games of that parlay. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, T-Train in the house? What's up, buddy? Um, I haven't heard the name Lynn Elliott in years. So Brad's really, you know, giving some throwbacks to you we don't uh we don't speak that we don't speak that name just, just saying i haven't heard that name in a long time no he's the he's the Baltimore. i've told you the story i went to that game i got off i, I got off work and I, I went to that game at halftime and all i had on was like my suit jacket and suit pants and shit and it was like mm. fucking 35 degrees with a 30 mile an hour wind just brutal cold so as is he the gary anderson of your franchise yes yes okay. he is absolutely um all right let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that went down over the weekend, as you guys might suspect, it's going to be rather NFL heavy. <laughs> rather NFL heavy, but uh, you know the drill. The drill. Let's find out who took it in the shorts, who did well, who did badly, who had it right up until the last minute. And I bet there's going to be a few of them, Scott, on the Monday edition of Call the Cops. By the way, we do want to remind everybody, now that we have everybody here, to like and subscribe. Don't forget to smash those buttons and all that good stuff. And of course, What happens if they don't do it? If you don't do it, Chris King's going to come on. He's going to spend 10 minutes telling us why Buffalo should have won that game. So if you didn't get to hear him and Jim talk about it earlier today, that's our threat that we're holding over you in this situation. But today's call the cops. Let's get it rolling, Scott. Well, we'll start with the obvious one. If you had the bills... Plus two and a half. Well, you thought you had this one in the bag a bunch of times as they led by Squib three. the kickoff, you idiot. Three points with 13 seconds left. They did not squib the kickoff. We can certainly talk about that because everybody else is. Sent that right uh, in deep into the end zone. And, uh, well, you know what the Chiefs did. They had uh, Tyreek Hill and they had Travis Kelsey. 44 yards, two plays. Harrison Butker, 49 yards, money. Game-tying field goal. Flip the coin, comes up heads when tails was called. That's your ball game right there. Bills lose by six in overtime. Not fun. I, I'm trying to remember if the line ever got to three. Did it ever get to three? I don't. I don't think it did. I don't think so. I don't remember okay. seeing a three anywhere. I think it would have. Gotten yeah. So the touchdown or field goal didn't necessarily matter. Besides Allen not getting the ball, that was kind of the main story of that touchdown. Right. But McDermott's a coach, which we talked about before we went on air. There's a lot of coaches who are good, and then as soon as it becomes serious pressure time, you don't trust anybody besides, like, two guys. Yep, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. All right, well, let's talk about this one, Scott, because I was on the other side of this, and I, as I mentioned, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, bud. So, you got to talk about the Buccaneers game against the Rams, and if you had the Buccaneers team total under 25-and-a-half, if you faded my co-host... What an idiot. No, an but idiot. actually, you, you were in a good spot because Tampa only had 13 points with about 321 left in the fourth quarter. Buccaneers scored a touchdown. Good for them. You know, Rams have the ball. One or two first downs. Game's over. Tampa will have to go 75 yards in about 30 seconds. Game's basically over. Wait a second. Cam Akers fumbled again. 
and the Buccaneers got the ball back immediately in plus territory. Buccaneers scored again, finished with 27 points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And finally, same game. You had the Rams Buccaneers first half under 24 and a half. Oh, oh, man. There's, there's one trend in both of them. Cam Akers fumbled. I think what we want there is the over, Scott. Sorry, yeah, the over. The Sorry. over 24 and a half. They had 23 yeah, points, over. 30 seconds left. They've got the ball. Don't change it now. I've already said it. I already changed it. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, 23 points, 30 seconds left. Had the ball at the one-yard line. Well, they actually had about the four-yard line. It runs forward yeah. for about three yards. And everything's fine. Oh, everybody's scrambling around. Well, that's one of those cute little, he was already down and he fumbled, but nobody gives a fuck. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Did that ball come? It's starting to come loose there before the, oh shit. Yeah, that's a fumble. They showed about 17 angles from it. Yep. I could tell it was a fumble on like the first angle. Yeah. Yeah, you really could. You really, you could see that ball coming loose. Rams fumbled at the one yard line. Buccaneers recover. 23 is your halftime score if you had the over 24 and a half. Oh, call the cops. Yeah, my bad for the typo, but that's pretty bad. It's all right. <clears throat> that's all right. You know, you know me. I read whatever's on the teleprompter, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there was some nice, easy wins over the weekend. It doesn't seem like it, but there definitely were. Um, you know who you are. If you had one of these, man. You were definitely sitting in the rocking chair. So, first one was a matchup on Saturday between the Bengals and the Titans. And if you had the under 47 and a half, you were in good shape because you only had 15 points at halftime game landed at 35. You had about what felt like 45 sacks. This is my personal favorite right here. <laughs> uh, talk about if you had, if you had plans Saturday afternoon, you're like, well, I guess I'll watch this uh, Tennessee game to see if I can hit my Tannehill over uh, half an interception prop. You didn't have to wait long. First pass, Scott. First pass that Tennessee threw. Picked off! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Ryan Tannehill finishes with three interceptions. but That was plus money, by the way. That if, was like plus 105. If you had Ryan Tannehill over a half an interception at plus 105, like I did, <laughs> congratulations. They don't. That's the rockinest of rocking chairs right there, kids. Your wife's like, what do you mean we were ready to go? I thought you were going to watch the game. Yeah, it's over. I won. It's cool. All right, but and the ahead. last one: if if you had a prop in the Chiefs Bills game, and you looked at the quarterbacks, and people were talking about Josh Allen being very mobile, so is Patrick Mahomes. If you had the over twenty four and a half rushing yards for Mahomes, you had to wait about I don't know eight minutes. Yeah, seven minutes. He had the one thirty four yard carry, thirty five yard carry, but he finished the first quarter with forty nine rushing yards. He finished with 69. Nice. Do you get the feeling that like Mahomes like reads Twitter and say, well, you know, they're pretty close, but Josh Allen is the much better runner. Do you get the, do you get the feeling that Mahomes like just wants to prove everybody wrong in that situation? Or am I reading too much into it? The truth is no. I think it's all based on the fact that Buffalo really committed sticking with two deep safeties the entire game. Yep. And or at least for the decent portion of the game. So Mahomes realized if I just break the first line and you got the linebackers matched up on Kelsey, et cetera, nobody's gonna turn around. I'm gonna be wide open. Right. That's kind of what happened. Of course, two of the runs on the first drive were just pure scrambles of him just running around trying to make plays. 
But there was the one play on third and six. He took it 34 up the middle. Man coverage, nobody turns around. You've seen it before. So I don't think he went out of his way to run. I think it was just Buffalo's game plan on trying so heavily to avoid giving up the big play that they left themselves vulnerable to quarterback scrambles. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, it's it's a uh, anytime you any, anytime you're gonna play you're gonna play too high with with man coverage, you know there's a great chance the middle of the field is gonna be wide open. So you know that you're going to be able to pick up yards there. Um, Especially if you're giving help over the top to Hill and come, then you have even less people worry about the quarterback running. Right, right. Um, you know what? Scott, I see some people talking about it. This is the thing that we want to talk about next. So we might as well just fade right into this segment here. Let's uh, let's talk about This is a rather esoteric award for, for this one today, but let's find out who it is that is the Monday edition of Donkey of the Day. All right. Well, leave it to us to come off the NFL's best weekend in history. Can you say, can we say that, Scott? Every game decided yeah. on the last play. Can we say that's the best NFL playoff weekend in history? Would that be fair? It's the best string of playoff games of all time. Yeah, I think I think so too. So, what are we going to do? We're going to roast the fucking NFL. That's right. That's what you come here for. Hot takes from us. And this really isn't a hot take. It's about the overtime. It is absolutely ridiculous that two heavyweight teams like that uh, play their guts out and score 72 points in regulation, and yet only one team has an opportunity to win the game. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. And I will say, to Kansas City Chiefs fans' credit, most of them have been very consistent of what I've seen on talk radio, what I've seen on Twitter. Um, when this happened to the Chiefs in 2018, when the uh, Chiefs engineered a miraculous comeback after being down 14-0 at halftime against the Patriots, they came back, tied the game, goes to a coin flip, Brady gets the ball, Patrick Mahomes never touches the ball, Brady goes down and wins the game. Chiefs fans bitches about it. Uh, the Chiefs, 2000, after the 2018 season, at the winter meetings, they proposed a rule change where every team would have an opportunity to have the ball at least once in the playoffs and overtime. It was overwhelmingly defeated, including a, a very conspicuous no vote by the Buffalo Bills. So I have no fucking sympathy for the Buffalo Bills in this situation. You had your chance. It sucks. Um, we, we ate it in 2018. It's a stupid rule. We tried to change it. You said fuck off. Well, to that I say fuck you, Buffalo Bills fans. Do I feel bad for Buffalo? Yeah, probably the second best team in the NFL right now. I feel bad for them. But you had a chance, so that's it. Suck it. Yeah, so it's a fair complaint, especially when I didn't know about the 2018 rule vote stuff, so you filled me in on that before we went on air. But I do think it's obvious when you have these two teams that are doing whatever they want offensively, a crazy game, everything like that, you can't determine the outcome on a coin. I mean, give me a break. At some point, you got to realize now, I do think this is going to be one of those games, if not the game, that causes a rule change. It does seem like, I'm assuming, winter meetings this offseason, you will see some reform to the overtime rules because there is such an outrage for it. You really need to have it. Both teams need to get the ball, force them to kick an extra point, and then if you want to have the option, if you're Buffalo, let's just say Kansas City scores, Buffalo gets the ball back, you have the option, if you're the Bills, to kick the extra point and tie, and then it goes to sudden death, or you go for two. Mm -hmm. I'm in for that. Yeah. Let, let them both get a shot. 
And you tweeted out something, and I'm gonna David David the Italian. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that point here in a minute. But Scott, you t- you you texted me something, and it was kind of half-hearted a joke. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was a great idea because both of those defenses were gassed. Was there any question? It, sound, it sounds crazy what I'm about to say or yeah. what you're about to say on my behalf. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead and lay I, your point out since it was you that you came up with this idea. So we everybody knew as soon as the coin toss happened, the game was over. I mean, you needed to pray for a holding penalty. You got to pray for a tipped interception, a drop pass, something. But you knew the Bills weren't going to get a stop. I made the argument the Bills should have went for an onside kick. And I know that that sounds really stupid because you're giving the Chiefs the ball at the at basically your own 45. Right. Did it really matter where they were on the field? Absolutely not. Absolutely I think an onside not. kick there is so crazy, nobody would ever do it. I think it actually makes sense. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. And I'd have, to, I'd have to look at the play-by-play, but I know it didn't ch- take long for the Chiefs to take the ball from their own 25. Uh, and and move it thirty yards up the field. Probably, I believe the Chiefs plays. faced one third down on the on the drive. Yep. And it was third and one. Yep, third and that one, and they hit, they hit Kelsey. So, when you look up, I believe the Chiefs had three or four straight plays resulting in a first down. The Bills' defense had nothing left. No. They, they were done. Neither defense at that did. point. It's kind of like Harbaugh going for two against the Packers or the or the Steelers, and people are going, "What an idiot!" Go to overtime, and he looks over and goes, "We have no corners." Right, like we we are not gonna lo- we're not gonna live. Like we don't have a choice. We have to end the game now. Yep. The Bills going for the onside kick there. I really don't mind it. The real issue was not squibbing it in regulation. Yep. But that already happened. You want to talk about so, that? Because I know that's the that's the talking point all, all of this about this game for the most part all day. You, you want to talk about the advantages or disadvantages of, of squibbing the kick? Is there any reason? Uh, and I haven't seen McDermott answer this question. Um, just because I haven't looked for it, I'm sure it's out there. I don't know what he said, but in your estimation, is there a good, solid argument to be made for not squibbing it there? I think the only argument that was in McDermott's head, which is completely wrong, was the fact that Tyree Kill had a big punt return before, and they were afraid of containing him. Okay. I'm assuming that's the only argument that you'd have. It's a stupid argument, but you have to squib there. Mahomes is, in my opinion, the most talented quarterback of all time. Your defense has given up. 33 points and assuming Hill even breaks it let's say Hill gets to the 35 which counts as breaking it in today's NFL because most of the time you get back to the 25 and you feel lucky you're killing what to get back to the 35 yeah five seconds eight seconds yeah you I think what you're going to do is you're going to try to you're going to try to get an up man to get that ball and immediately fall down which is probably going to run off I think the best case scenario for the Chiefs should run off two or three seconds there you're on two or three seconds, and maybe you pick up the ball at the 30 yeah. instead of the 25. Yep, yep. I'll give up five yards for three seconds. Yeah, it, it, that that made no sense to me at all. There that was... didn't make sense. I don't I don't understand why these teams love prevent so much besides the squib kick. I understand the last thing you want to do is give up a touchdown. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know how many deep throws Mahomes attempted the entire game? Zero. Because no. you did a perfect job blocking everything over the top and force him to throw underneath. Keep the two-eye safeties, maybe throw in a third one, and just give up some 10, 15-yard completions. How do you let them dump it off to Tyreek Hill, basically a de facto screen pass, and gain 30 yards on one play? What kind of defense are you running? Yeah, not good. Not good, Bob. Not good at all. The Kelsey play wasn't great defense either, but the Hill defense was mind-boggling to me. They just gave up 25, 30 yards in about five seconds. 
just by having nobody within 30 yards of the line of scrimmage. Made no sense. Yeah, that Kelsey pass, you know, I, I don't know if you read this or not, but Kelsey said to Mahomes, he goes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run the pattern that's called. I'm gonna find an open spot. Just hit me. Yeah. And, and Mahomes came to the line and looked over the defense and screamed, Do it, do it. And that's when Kelsey knew that he was he was gonna be going to him. So Yeah. You know, you go four verts, you're gonna find some openings in the middle. That's kind of what happened. But at Hill defense on that first play of the drive was some of the dumbest defense I've seen all year. I yeah. don't know what you're trying to get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't understand it. Scott, you and I talked just personally during the season about our favorite receiver, who you, you'd want to have as a favorite receiver. I took Hill. You kind of thought I might be a homer. Uh, it wasn't a favorite. It's a matter of the best. Your favorite's obviously going to be Tyreek Hill. I, well, no, I, I, the, I the best, correct. And I yeah. think you saw him make a play that, could I say no other no other receiver in the NFL could make? You can say that. Uh, I don't think any, anybody has those moves. I don't think anybody's that fast. I'm sorry. And you see, now, I would I would take Devontae Adams still, but it wasn't like I insulted Tyreek Hill by saying, "Aha, I'm going to take Adams because Hill stinks." No, Hill's a top three receiver, top two receiver in the league. I just think Adams is more consistent. Yeah, he made, Adams made a couple of fantastic catches in that game as well. Let's talk about that a little bit, Scott. Um, Green Bay, thirty years. They would have been our mad and disappointed. Yeah, two of the two of the we, best. We are kind of mad. Two of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Can we say top? Certainly top ten. Argu- top ten, arguably top five. Rodgers, I think, is top three, top four all time. Okay, I think Favre's a little bit overrated, but he's still top ten. Fair enough. Is that fair? Three Super Bowls, two championships in thirty years. Scott, is that is that disappointing for Green Bay fans? That's awful. And people can talk about how any title's good. I'm sure Bills fans would argue for any title right now. But the point is, you can't be gifted two top 10 quarterbacks of all time and win two championships in 30 years. You can't do that. That's a minimum of about four to be satisfied. Is that fair? Two per quarterback? Well, yeah. Look at at what we've done with Mahomes. The Chiefs have been in four straight uh, AFC championship games. And, you know, through luck, they've hosted all four of them. But, you know, they were the number one seed twice and they were the number two seed twice. So they, they, you know, they, they had the fortune, they had the good fortune to have two shitty number one seeds um, that allowed them to keep that string going. But uh, they're a massive favorite next week against Cincinnati. Um, it should be. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but David the Italian brings up a good point. Let's switch gears here just for a second. Talk about Grayson Allen. Um, Scott, you want to talk about Grayson Allen a little bit? A kid that was a dirty player in the, uh, in, in, for Duke. And apparently not much has changed. You want to talk about uh, Grayson Allen for a second? Well, he killed Caruso. Yeah, what which he, I don't really understand. What did he what did he do to Caruso? The, Broke his arm, shoulder? What happened? Something like that. He was going for a layup or a dunk, and Allen basically just tomahawked him to the floor. Now, was he making a little bit of a play on the ball? Maybe. But it wasn't even the act. It was the fact that he was giggling and kind of laughing after he basically killed the guy which is kind of the main outrage that's happened around this point is because Allen got ejected for a play. Basketball, a lot happens very quickly. You know, you stick your hands up and you might accidentally injure somebody, but you can't be laughing when they eject you from the game and Caruso's on the floor with a messed up, like, arm. Like, I feel like that's what drove people nuts about it. The part that annoys me is the punishment system in various sports. I don't understand how you can injure somebody for six weeks, eight weeks, maybe even a season, and you get one game. 
I'm probably not the first person to say this, but it's always been my uh, my by my position in this. If you injure somebody on a blatant situation like that, you're out as long as they are. <laughs> that's that's very simple to me. You're out with no pay until they come back. Yeah, I, I'm with Max on this one. I wasn't sure if it actually was a flagrant because once again, everything happened so quickly. I don't think Allen saw him going through the lane and said, I'm going to snap his arm. I think he just put his hands up. Some of it was the ball. Some of it was contact afterwards. I didn't think it was egregious, egregious, but I do think that the giggling after the guy's injured and everything like that seems a little bit, let's just say on brand for Grayson Allen, which is why nobody likes him. Right. But the one game part, of course, Jokic, for example, is an all-time great player and he's must-watch TV. Markeith Morris hasn't played since Jokic absolutely rammed him in the back. Right. Is that fair? No. Probably not. No. I know Morris is, you know, a role player, and Jokic is one of the, if not the best players in the league, but Morris has missed 40-something games, and Jokic missed one or two? That seems a little bit flawed, doesn't it? Yeah, agreed. Uh, T-Train bringing up something that, that I talked about on my video for, for the Sunday games. Sean Hockley is a donkey as well. He's out there to grandstand and nothing else. Uh, 100% agree. He's got the muscles. Um, you know? Three unsportsmanlike penalty calls in that game, Scott. What the fuck are we doing here in the playoffs? He called with something on Brady, though, so I kind of have to like him. <sighs> you know, I agree. A, I agree. An unsportsmanlike penalty on Brady? I thought that's against the rules. It was, you can't call anything against Brady. It was funnier than balls, though. But I, got, I, I have to admit... I was extremely happy when I saw the Chiefs drew, drew John Hussey. Uh, second to the last in, in offensive holding, second to the last in DPI. And it was a well-officiated game. It was a great it was a great officiated game. He called, I think he called one holding and, and maybe one or two interference calls, and they were both. Yeah, you you could, the one you where Mahomes argue. got sacked, where it was holding in the red zone. It was holding. He grabbed him right. when he came out of the break. So right. That, that was a fine call. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't disagree. Couldn't disagree. Um... Brad Crawford says Mahomes is incredible. Yeah, absolutely right. In instincts He's the most the talented quarterback of all time. When to throw, when to run. Great decision makers. That's what makes him so special. I agree. You look at uh, you look at some of the quarterbacks. Like if you look at if you look at Joe Burrow, which is an incredible talent. But even in the same situation, I don't think Mahomes gets sacked nine times. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's got he and it, sometimes it pisses off his offensive line. That he moves so much in the pocket that he that he rolls out of danger, but he senses that danger, and even when he senses it wrong, like he did on the touchdown pass to Pringle, he somehow still has the ability to throw that ball and get it in the end zone. When I when I saw him spin right into the pressure, I'm like, well, that's fucking going to be an incomplete pass, and he somehow found Pringle and got Pringle to high point. So pretty much the entire first drive of that Chiefs game looked like the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. You said mm -hmm. Mahomes running backwards about 30 yards at a time. Yeah. The only difference is that the plays actually worked out in the end. But Mahomes is incredible. Allen's incredible. They are two of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now. Yep. Rodgers somewhere either in the middle or you can put Rodgers where you want. But they're great. They'll have rivalry. They'll have a rivalry for a long time. I really just don't know what defenses are supposed to do when you have the perfect pass rush. You're ready to go. And next thing you know, he buys about eight seconds and throws a laser 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're a defense. Nothing. James Mount says, if we're lucky, we can see Mahomes and Allen for another 15 years. Uh, that'd be fantastic. I'll tell you what, if I'm a Buffalo fan, I'll tell you what I'm worried about, Scott, and that is uh, 
uh, I'm worried about Allen getting banged up running the ball the way he does because, you know, that's one of those things where he's also a lot bigger than the Lamar Jacksons of the world. He so is. You can make an argument that he might be able to absorb more contact, just, but you don't want that much contact. Just takes one, buddy. It just it just takes one to ruin your season. I think the most impressive escape that RW just in general can refer to was the fourth and four play from Allen when he faked two defenders out of his shoes and scrambled down the near sideline for a first down. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. James mounts his hill is so fast. You are. Oh, Hill is. I'm sorry. Is, oh, no, I think oh, no, he's talking about Hill. Yeah. It's yeah. you don't appreciate it till you, you see him open up the jets like that. And, and just, you know, he, he left those cornerbacks in the dust and those cornerbacks are generally the fastest guys on your team. Uh, when they used to do the races, uh, it would usually be the cornerbacks that would that would win those uh, forty yard dashes. It's 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 unbelievable. It's unbelievable to watch him play. It really is. Um, do, 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 do. You got to limit those Allen runs. I agree, Nathan. You've got to. I mean, it's a great weapon, no question about it. Where you have a quarterback, it's like watching. It's like watching a good college team with a, a good with a, a good dual option quarterback. Um, that you knowing on a on a third and two, third and three, fourth and short, whatever you can't stop him. You're you're not going to fucking stop him. You just can't do it. Um, Bills Bills have had some of the most devastating playoff loss of all time. No question, no question. I I can't imagine. I mean, you I can't said playoff losses. Well, I think it's counting Super Bowl. Super Minnesota Bowl. deserves a seat at the table. Yeah, I know. I I'm sure, and you know, people forget about you know because it didn't come four in a row. Minnesota's also lost four Super Bowls as well. So. But, well, I'm I was thinking of the the Minnesota losses and the heartbreaks there, a couple of regular season ones in there. Buffalo at least has had some moments. You had the greatest comeback of all time, for example. So you've had some good moments. I'm not sure what Minnesota's had besides the Stephon Diggs touchdown. Yeah, Minneapolis miracle, buddy. Uh, you got- I, you're looking at the all time like devastating playoff losses. It might be a tie between Buffalo and Minnesota. Minnesota's had a bunch of brutal losses. Yep, they really have. The uh, the year their their field goal kicker never missed a field goal until they needed one in the playoffs. See, I know you're talking about last second losses, D, but I mean Minnesota. You have the Gary Anderson who hasn't missed a that, kick all year, really misses thinking, an overtime. Yeah. Blair Walsh misses a twenty something yarder against Seattle. You have a bunch of brutal losses for Minnesota over the years. Really, really painful stuff. You know, and I know Butker came through for the Chiefs in the end, but. As a Chiefs fan, that should have never been in question because he missed an extra point and he missed a field goal. Now, granted, the field goal is 51 yards, but that's not something he usually misses. Uh, in the last couple of years, he's gone through a little thing where he's missed some extra points. He's been good on extra points this year, but that was, you know, in a big game like that, those four points almost made the difference. So, My question, I got a question since you brought up kickers. Do you believe the McPherson story? What, uh, what's, what? Tell me. So Burrow in the postgame presser was talking about. Oh, about I'm, 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 send, I'm, I'm sending us to the national championship game. Yeah. Or so the, the, the conference Burrow's championship. sitting there and McPherson realizes he's in range. It's like 50, whatever the hell. And he turns to Burrow, takes one stretch and goes, looks like we're going to the AFC title game. <laughs> and he absolutely drills it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I hope it was. That's some serious. Good for him. That's some serious McPherson, swag. I have McPherson and Carlson. Tied as the second best kicker in the league, behind Tucker, of course, who's the best of all time. Is that a fair ranking system? I feel like McPherson and Carlson are just money in the bank every time. I'll take Butker. 
because uh, 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 you know again that's a homer pick in my opinion maybe a little bit a little bit um yeah i think, I think butker's top five but i think mcpherson and carlson are just all day every day uh, i'll take butker because of the strength of his leg um i think, I think he was nine for 12 from beyond so you're saying strength of the leg mcpherson's made a bunch of 50s in the playoffs and so is carlson did it throughout the entire season i guess the only argument you'd have against carlson he's in a dome for half the games yep so you can factor that in. McPherson just gets buckets, man. I mean, that guy is so damn good. David, the times I give I give Brady three Super Bowls and their defense three. Yeah, there was some really good stats. Somebody tweeted out a meme about quarterbacks and their championships and how many of them have done it without with a top ten defense. Mahomes is the only one that's got, has won a world championship without a top ten defense. By the way, so I gotta actually bring up one thing before we kind of go back on track. I gotta talk about Rodgers. Because we talked about Allen, we talked about Mahomes, I mentioned top three quarterback, of course, Rodgers being somewhere in the middle, probably going to win MVP. Usually, Rodgers has an alibi, or an excuse. The defense stinks. Right. Which is why he loses a lot of playoff games. Now, I know the weather was bad, the offensive line wasn't good, and the special teams basically blew the game. At some point, you got to talk about Rodgers losing in the playoffs all the time. Yeah. Because Green Bay... We talked about how embarrassing it is for them to only win two titles in 30 years with two of the best quarterbacks of all time. You, you got to find a way to win these games, man. And Brady gets some luck involved because of the fumble recoveries and he had the tuck rule and a lot of stuff over the years. But what's the deal with Rodgers in the playoffs? How much blame does he deserve? Well, you know what? I think you give him a fair amount for the weekend game. but it, Yeah, that's it, why I'm asking. At the end of the day... They're up 10 points with less than two minutes left and the ball. And you can't fucking, you can't fucking punt. So, uh, I think now what I have a beef with, and, and Andy is one of the worst at this. When you've got that kill shot, when you've got the ball back with the lead two minutes or less run, 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 punt, hope your defense can hold them. Fuck play the same game. That's got you there. Go get a first down end the goddamn game. Well, my argument was that on defense. That was my argument with Buffalo. Don't play full prevent when you've given up no big plays the entire game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Brad Crawford said, I, I, Mahomes is going to need to win the Super Bowl without another top 10 defense this year. Yeah, that was that was quite a... And there's a, you saw a great illustration of a great offense is going to beat a great defense. I'm not going to say every time, but I'll, I, would, I would put my money on the great offense because you saw the top overall scoring defense in the NFL... And you saw the top scoring defense in the NFL for the last 11 weeks go at it. And neither one of them could stop the fucking offense of the other side. Not yeah. a chance. It's speculation, by the way, but there's been rumors of Rodgers leaving. And there's been rumors of Brady retiring. Yep. I think that's all just <clears throat> stories circulating. You think there's actually some merit to it? I I think Brady's coming back. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I can't imagine Brady leaving after... A loss like that where you're missing a bunch of key pieces you had earlier in the year. I expect him to running back one more time. Next year's probably his last, if I had to guess. I would think uh, maybe sign him for another year. I can't, I can't, why, I can't yeah. imagine giving somebody a 44 or two-year deal. I just can't. Just saying, though, you, you give him one year, you go year by year, and you run it back. Because if you have a healthy Godwin and you bring in some guys maybe on the minimum, which you probably could get, I do think he'll be back next year. The Rodgers one I find fascinating because I thought he'd come back. He still might come back. They're about $40 million over the cap. 
Yeah. Like Green Bay is screwed. Yeah. They so can't, I don't they know can't what get him any help. They can't get him any help. So I'm not getting him any help. I don't think they can re-sign. Like, I, I'm assuming they'll give Devontae the franchise tag, whatever, but that roster is going to fall apart. Rodgers might actually leave. Uh, very good. <laughs> Carrot says uh, Kennesaw State will get an involuntary castration. <laughs> good to see Carrot in the house, man. Um, does Rodgers retire? Or does he go somewhere else? He's not going to retire. I don't think no. so. I think he's too good at football to retire. He's he's going to be the the two-time defending MVP. I, I don't think he's going to retire. The question is, where would he want to go? Because there is a team that's still in the playoffs that's beaten him four times in the playoffs out of four attempts that probably wants to move on from Jimmy G. I know Jimmy G might lead him to a Super Bowl again. He might not. If Rodgers is available... You better believe San Francisco is going to load up the truck. Is, G- is Jimmy G the ultimate Rodney Dangerfield of quarterbacks? Like, no what, respect. What the fuck do you want from me, people? I take I take this team and, and put them in the NFC Championship. I take them into the, the playoffs. I, I take them to the Super Bowl, and you're like, well, fuck. I wonder, I wonder how fucking Aaron Rodgers would look. God damn. Well, you can talk about Jimmy G leading his team to winning games. I he had a great final drive for the field goal. It was a great job. Couple of third down conversions, props there. He had what, 125 passing yards? Yeah, it wasn't much. He had like yeah. 80 passing yards through three quarters. Awful weather. He uh, didn't do anything. Lamb, I would have lambasted Ambrose. Um, like yeah. I don't think Jimmy G's any good. He's he's been a decent game manager, and the snow definitely helped because the offense wasn't going to do much in that game anyway. It didn't. They had zero offensive touchdowns in the game, but. I do think if you're talking about where Rodgers might go, there's two destinations in mind. One is San Francisco, which I think makes a lot of sense. The other is a bit of a wild card, Miami. I think Miami's got a shot. Yeah, um, fair enough. Hey, let me let me ask you this. Bill McDonald brings up a great point. You and I were roasting people for playing the prevent defense earlier. So Tampa Bay is obviously playing prevent, right? How do, you, in the house. how do you let Cooper Cup get behind you? What the fuck? Because they didn't play prevent. You're playing zero blitz there, right? They, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And asked Arians about the play call at the end and said, why would you blitz against the quarterback that's top three against the in blitz. the league, if not one against the blitz? And his argument was, we called the blitz, we called the zero, and two people didn't get the message. So he blamed it on yeah, I saw that. them not actually sending a full house blitz when they were supposed to. Right. I think the play call was stupid in general. It reminded me a lot of the Greg Williams all-out blitz call against the Raiders last year for the Jets, where you're looking over and going, what the hell are you doing? But I thought it was a bad play call for the defense there. Regardless of who got the message or not, you can't blitz there. You got to just accept the fact they're going overtime and move on. You see Steve Spagnola learned his lessons with the Chiefs after fucking going zero blitz on fourth and 27 and letting the Bengals pick up that first down. He didn't blitz under any big in, in any big plays last night. Uh, yeah. he, he rushed he rushed four and, and took their chances dropping seven into coverage. Uh, talking about... I'm fine with dropping people into coverage. The issue that I have is how deep you put them into coverage. Yeah, he, he, James Mouseberg gave a good point. San Francisco had a lot of drops early, including a, bi- a big one um, to Kittle, which absolutely yeah. lit up Chiefs Twitter because it's always the argument. Kelsey's about, better. Right. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. That's yeah. the thing. And if you watch Kelsey play yesterday, anybody that says Kelsey can't block, you need to fucking watch that game again. That's all I'm saying to you. 
Any chance Rodgers ends up as the Eastern Washington as the quarterback coach? No. No, there isn't. Not, I'm going to say no. Not uh, not for. I don't think Rogers wants to coach. Has he? Has Rogers? I know you're. I know you're defending Jimmy G. Just you know, a little bit of devil's advocate, a little bit of no respect. But I mean, if you have a chance at Rogers, you take it, right? I mean, the San Francisco's all around talent. What a top two roster in football. I don't think so. I. I mean, yes. If you throw I agree with quarterback that. out, throw quarterback out for a second. Do they have a top two roster in all of football? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would say. Uh, I would say they would. Stop they top- get Rogers, and you try to win a couple titles. They're not going to do that. No chance. I think they should try. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, TL. I appreciate it. That was a, it. Was a huge win. It was it was a, f- a really fun game to. I. It's one of the few times I'm like, fuck. I wish I would have been there. That that would have been worth the cold and the hassle and the expense and all that stuff. Um. So I was I was I told you before the show I was jealous of my son because he was he was just he was just about to get banned from big games because he was at the World Series Game Seven when when Bumgarner went crazy. He was at the. Chiefs New England game that we lost in overtime. Then he was there yesterday. He was about to be over three in big games. So Jimmy G is a playoff winner. I agree, Ryan. I'm yeah. I'm, he wins playoff games. I'll give him props, but I don't know how much, if any of the lifting, does he actually have to do? Well, and Ryan brings up a good point. Rogers sucks in the playoff. What is he? Uh, define t- a timeout. You he's got, ten. You he's ten and nine in the playoffs. Define what sucks. Means ten and nine in the playoffs. His, his record is not great. Right. His numbers are ridiculous. He has phenomenal playoff numbers in terms of completion percentage, passing touchdowns, interceptions. The numbers are there. Most of the reasons why he loses, or or the main reason, his defense always seems to fall apart in the playoffs. Every single time. You look at the points allowed in the playoff losses, it's staggering how bad the defense is. So yes, you can look at wins and losses and say that Rodgers isn't good in the playoffs. His numbers are absolutely insane. He's a really good playoff quarterback who's been the victim of a lot of brutal defensive collapses. This past weekend was not one of them. He did not play well. I will admit that. But in most scenarios, I cannot call him a loser when his numbers are really good almost every single game. All right. Fair enough. All right, buddy. This is one of those shows we could do for like hours. By the way, what are we going to do this weekend? We're going to do the uh, we're going to do the late game. We're going to do the California game. Do the, the, uh, the, yeah, we can do whichever game. I'm back in town, of course. I have the background, so yeah, we'll do it. All right, yeah, we're. Gonna... I know you don't want to do the Chiefs game. No, I don't. So. We'll do the. Uh, uh, we'll we will do the NFC Championship game live this weekend. So uh, yeah, you guys uh, be, definitely tune in for that. We had we had a blast last time. Hopefully, we'll talk some football this time. Uh, yeah, he didn't trust his other receivers. Zeroed in on Adams even after they. Yeah, because. Yeah, Lazard was wide open a bunch of times, and he def- you definitely yeah. got the feeling that he didn't uh, trust Lazard. It's definitely true. Rodgers did not play well this weekend, but I'm not going to call him an all-time loser in the playoffs, even though his numbers in most of those games are good enough to win a lot of playoff games. Yeah. That's yeah. my point. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Brad brings up a great point about Chiefs fans. They, dude, they're fucking special. They are They are something else, um, including me. You know, I'll tell you what. I'm a Chiefs fan, but when it comes to the total like fandom shit. I'm not like that. I've got, I don't, I've got a couple of chief shirts. I've got a, you know, a couple of little brick or brack things, but you see guys that have fucking rooms and devoted to chief stuff. And they spend, you know, eight grand a year on season tickets. And no, <laughs> no, um, I, I like them. I'm too, I, I, I went through that phase. I don't invest everything I have in my home team. I just, I, I just don't. Um, and part of that is being a professional gambler where, you know, you're a fan of whoever you have money on. 
Um, oh, Texas Tech, Kansas. Scott, let's talk about that real quick. Somebody asked about it really early. A big game tonight. Um, KU and a K-State. Fucking horrible, horrible as a K-State fan. Talk about talking shit way too early as they had a 14-point halftime what lead. Do you, what do you score, 50 in the first half? Yeah, it was. It was. they were really on and uh, were taunting KU fans and saying they own the state of Kansas and... That did not work out very well. You know, you have a Mahomes blanket. <laughs> I don't have. You kind of need one, honestly. I do have a. Uh, I, I do have a a, a jersey, uh, but um, we buried my dad in it. So, so I did, you know that I, it's a. I did have a good, black Mahomes jersey. You know that it's a good sign for a team when the only flaw your quarterback has is his brother. That's how you know you're in good shape. Yep. By the way, Scott, who led the who led the uh, weekend in rushing and passing? Uh, what is Patrick Mahomes? What is Patrick Mahomes? That is correct. So if you had Patrick Mahomes to lead all rushers, congratulations, you cashed a monster fucking ticket. Uh, just like if you had Gabe Davis at three touchdowns at, uh, what would you say, 95 to 1, 100 to 1? No, 95 to 1 was Ty at halftime. Ty oh, okay, that's right. The three touchdowns, I'm assuming, was 100 to 1. That's usually the de facto price. Yeah, it was, and you couldn't even get four. So yeah. Uh, Texas Tech KU tonight, Scott. KU is one four straight, but they've failed to cover three of the four. Um, they've been decent at home. This Texas Tech team, a little bit inconsistent, coming off a road loss to K-State and a road win against Baylor. Uh, what do you got in this one, bud? Uh, They're consistent. They just have an inconsistent offense. It's so K- you know what you're going to get. The K- point is is that KU it's not minus a fun seven, time. 138. Yeah. It's not a fun time trying to expect what's going to happen. Kansas at home, of course, is great. We know how good it is over there in their home arena. Oh, boy. Larryville. I feel like it's a correlated parlay. If you like Texas Tech, take the under. Because I do think yeah, that if sure. this game's going to be close, Kansas cannot do much offensively in this game. Because Kansas has a lot of firepower. They have McCormick. They got guys on the boards. Texas Tech does not have. But if te- if Kansas scores, let's just say, 75, there's no chance Texas Tech covering. No. I think you can agree with that. No, I would, I would say they're not going to be able to keep up in a shootout. I think it's a double correlated parlay. If you like, if you like KU, take the over, and if you like Texas Tech, take the under, and put, yep, put, I agree. put them together. As far as making a pick, because I know that's probably what they want us to do, I'm gonna take Tech here, Scott. This is a Kansas team that has been really inconsistent covering numbers at home. Uh, they might, they might eke out a eke out a win, but I think that uh, I think that spread takes us just a little bit outside the realm of scramble points at the end. I think the seven's probably safe. So I like, I like Texas tech to keep it close. I'm going to agree. It kind of reminds me a lot of the, of the Kansas state, Iowa state game that happened a couple weeks ago where you look at the numbers and just go, you know, Kansas is probably going to win, but it should come down to the wire and Kansas hit a game winning shot with like three seconds left. Yeah. And this game will be a war. I think Kansas is going to win five points, give or take. Okay. Fair enough. Did we did we talk about the the we talked about the uh, SWAC game right? Uh yeah. Uh, we disagreed. We I I was leaning Prairie. You were leaning Alabama. Okay. All right. Good enough. Uh, it's a it's a tough but betting spot for me because both these teams are awful. They're they're awful against the number. They're awful um, as far as the, the, just the wins go. So yeah, that's uh, my advice would be to find other spots there. Um, yeah. Okay, let's do it, buddy. We kind of we're kind of we're kind of running yep. late here, but yeah, we knew we were gonna have a lot to talk about. So, uh, yeah, it's time. It's time. We uh, we do this each and every day. 
and we're going to do it again. You ready, guys? I know you got your, your fancy Monday overalls ready to go, so put them on. Put that straw hat on your head. Climb aboard your John Deere. Folks, it's time to bet the farm. All right, Scott, we did have a bet the farm play for Friday, and how did that end up going? We ended up having Iowa State. Uh, not Iowa, sorry, Illinois State, minus seven, and they beat Evansville by about 40. Cue to banjos! Yeehaw! Yeehaw! All right, buddy, what have we got cooked up for today? So, going back to college basketball, we're going back to one of our favorite cash cows, Eastern Illinois, Bum. team total under 56 and a half. You look at the Panthers this season. Oh, this is actually me, played... isn't it? What? This is actually me, isn't it? I don't remember who gave out Illinois State. That's you. The... I did. All right, here we go. All right. No, you do it. All right, I will. Okay. It's Eastern Illinois, team total under 56 and a half. I played this bet the other day, guys. Uh, it was They had him at 68 and a half. That's free fucking money right there. And if they'd had the number up sooner, I would have given it out as a play, but they didn't have it up the night before. When I saw 68 and a half, I texted Rochelle. I hope you jumped on that, buddy. Of course. Uh, because it was it's incredible. So, Eastern Illinois, they are absolutely dreadful on the offensive side. Averaging 51.7 points per game against D1 teams. Eastern Can you say that number again? Uh, 51.7. That's not good. That's not good. Not good at all, Bob. Uh, Eastern Illinois has finished under this mark of 56.5 in 13 of their 16 games. Why are they so bad, you wonder? Well, number one. They are second-worst shooting team in the country, and they are dead last in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. If you've been following this Eastern Illinois under, you know they started the season going 14-0 to the under. The defense has completely fallen off the fucking rails here lately, giving up, what, 90 the other night as we had them, we had them on the under there. So, That's the thing. They've gone over in their games, but they've gone under their actual point total. Yep, yep, yep. So we're going to just get off of the other side. We're not going to count on their defense at all. Like I said, the under is 14-2 and two overall in their games. You want to play the under there? I don't hate it. I just have no confidence in this Panthers defense. So give, it, give us the Eastern Illinois team total under 56.5, and, and that's pretty much available market-wide. You don't have to like hunt for that one. That's available everywhere. So yep. there you go. That's going to do it for our Bet the Farm play. That's going to do it for our Monday show. As always, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it, man. Great comments as always. It's, I knew we were going to have a lot of things to talk about today. Sorry if we didn't get to you. Sorry if we didn't get to the, uh, something you wanted to see covered. We try to grip it and rip it here in about 45 minutes, and we're always going to leave shit out, mainly because I like to fucking talk. So, yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. Um, again, don't forget to stop by and check us out each and every day as we do this show, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as my friend Scott Reichel and I do our very best to help you in your journey to head back to the window. You guys take care. We'll see you tomorrow.